Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Crawford. Welcome back to the Green Pole podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined from America by our first citizen of Fulham, America. Max Cohen is with me. Max, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Dan. It's only a couple of days until Fulham play in Philadelphia, and I'll be taking part in the live show with Fulhamish along with Sammy James, Russ Goldman, George Cooper. So it's going to be a great, great time meeting everyone there. And there's so much full of news to discuss. So it's great to be on with you today. And I'm so glad that we've uh, nipped in ahead of that other podcast that you just gave a gratuitous plug to to grab you first ahead of the <laughs> summer series. Why don't we start there? Just a few days um, ahead of the opening of the opening fixture of three in the United States for Fulham. You're excited, I can tell. Um, has it caught fever pitch over the Atlantic just yet? I suspect not. Yeah, I mean, I think the most immediate thing that's actually catching fever pitch is Wednesday's game between Arsenal and the MLS All-Stars, uh, which has gotten a lot of coverage because it's in D.C. where I live. I'll be there. Um, and, and of course, a lot of Arsenal supporters in America. And of course, yesterday you saw Lionel Messi, Messi be unveiled as an Inter-Miami player. So it feels like a very exciting summer of football here in the States. And I think the summer series, certainly among Fulham fans, it's caught on. I mean, this is... As I said on previous podcasts, it's going to be a pilgrimage from people living in America, not just the Northeast where the games are being played, but from all over the country, people are traveling and really excited to be amongst the community of fellow Fulham fans, because that's what it's all about, Dan. You'd agree is football, yes, it's about the results, and yes, it's about winning, but it's also about the community you build. And that's sometimes the issue for American supporters is that many times you're watching a match alone on a, on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning. And there's not the same sense of being at at the ground. And what these summer series matches can give American fans is that much needed sense of feeling that people around you are also passionate about the same thing you are. So very much looking forward to that and meeting people. Yeah, definitely. So let's do a little bit of housekeeping, uh, just so people are aware. Uh, Sunday is the first game against our neighbours from Hounslow. Uh, That kicks off at uh, 4 p.m. US time at... Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. I think that's 9 p.m. UK time, unless you guys have changed the time zones on me um, already. Uh, then on Wednesday uh, at 12 a.m. Uh, Wednesday night UK time, but 7 p.m. in Orlando, Florida, it's Fulham against Aston Villa. And the three games finish at 7.45 UK time, 2.45 uh, US local time, against the sanctioned mob from Stamford Bridge at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Um, so, Max, you're at the game on Sunday. You're also at one of the other ones. Is it the Maryland game? I'm trying to remember. Yep, yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm you going to first the... and last. Yeah, first um, and last. Tell me a little bit about two London derbies in the States, if you could just expand on some of that feeling that you had were mentioning before about having those two games, even though they're friendlies, it's a big thing for the American fan base, isn't it? To have Fulham there in front of you um, and playing in the United States for the first time in what, 10 years? Yeah. I think the last time was the, the friendly in Jacksonville. It must've been 2013. Exactly a decade ago against DC United, oddly enough. And yeah, having the matches here will be interesting because it's a team's, that finished, you know, we were sandwiched in between them in the league table, right? We were 10th. Um, 
the the other team from SW6 or 11th, and then the bus stop from Hounslow was ninth. So if you actually want to play teams around you, this is the perfect time to see it. And it's it's odd though, Dan, because sometimes the summer friendlies, you know, we play them and we're excited to see a new player, a new signing. We don't have that this year. That's almost certain with the match being this weekend that will not we'll, no no new signings will play a part. So you don't have any, and even if we do sign them, it's a bit of a quick turnaround. So that's the one thing which I think is missing. Not to complain too much, but you know we will see. Hopefully, Mitrovic be there. Um, Herrera, Tim Ream, not exactly sure the extent of their recoveries from injury, but I think they both will be traveling at the very minimum. So that will almost feel like a new signing, seeing those two players who were so integral last season being back. And I guess the other bright spot is Anthony Robinson has just committed his long-term future to the club. And of course, is an American national team player. So he'll definitely be there. Definitely. Um, let's do a bit of housekeeping as well. What I haven't done is publicize the four fan uh, events that are taking place in the United States. Very quickly, and apologies for my lack of American pronunciation of any of these places or the venues. Uh, on Saturday in Philadelphia between 6 and 8 p.m., there's a meetup at Jose Pistola's Bar uh, on 15th Street in Philadelphia. On Tuesday the 25th in Orlando at the Ivanhoe Park Brewing Company. Uh, that's 1300 Alden Road, Orlando, between 6 and 8 p.m. On Wednesday, a pre-match rally from 4 p.m. at the Broken Strings Brewery on 112 West Church Street in Orlando. Um, and on Saturday in D.C., where, Max, you're probably going to be there, I I imagine, at Franklin Hall um, on Florida Avenue in D.C. from 6 until 8 p.m. All of those events are being put on for the Fulham family to meet in the United States. They're free of charge. All the details on the Fulham website, fulhamfc.com, and... A huge shout out to the American fan groups who've been pivotal to sorting uh, those out. I do love the uh, Fulham DC uh, tagline, which I've seen um, emblazoned across various social media. Two capitals, one club. I love that, Max. Um, So that's fantastic. Do get along uh, if you can. And of course, to the Fulhamish live recording. Max, can you tell us where that podcast is taking place and when? Yeah, that'll get along. That'll be Saturday, uh, the day before the match. Uh, doors open at noon at Milk Boy Bar in Philadelphia, and the show starts at one fifteen. And you can go to the Fulhamish website to get tickets. We're very excited to be a part of that um, live conversation. And it's it's just going to be a great weekend, Dan, because you know it's been quiet on the, on the Fulham front in terms of positive news. We've got a lot of kind of negative news about maybe players leaving, but there's just so much to discuss. And to do it in a live setting, which is a first for me in, in a Fulham situation. You know, we do all our podcasts pre-recorded or, or streamed online on YouTube or Twitter. But to talk in front of, you know, the Fulham family in person will be a very special experience. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Not your first podcasting rodeo. And uh, political fans should know that Max has been stepping in at an ungodly hour recently uh, with Punchbowls podcasting. Um, of late, do check it out. Max has a, almost an alter ego and uh, <laughs> a different life entirely um, to, to his Fulham fanaticism, but he's very good. And anyone who's um, in Philly should uh, should go along and, uh, and check that out. Right, you referenced it, and I, we haven't got you for long today. So let's get into some positive news 
give me sort of two minutes on Anthony Robinson signing a five-year contract uh, with Fulham Max because this is terrific. It, it is. That's a great word to describe it. There have been so many rumors floating. Newcastle United seen the most serious lately. Manchester City was always floating about, but I never believed that really was concrete. I mean, he's a player with great potential. We all know that. And we've seen a lot of different sides of Robinson over the past couple of seasons since he's joined from Wigan. You know, we've seen a very raw talent, someone who maybe wasn't up to the Premier League the first season we bought him, which is which is no shame. You know, that's that's not an easy thing to do to take that step up in such a difficult year for the club. And then the championship, we saw someone who was becoming a completed product. And then last season in the Prem, for the vast majority of the season, he was, I think, one of our standout performers in the back in terms of the one-on-one defending which really stood out in the early parts of the season. And we know the pace he has driving forward. We know that if he can create that final ball, if he can consistently find his man in the box, maybe even chip in a few goals, but really the assist is what we're looking for because he gets into great positions there. If he can become that completed product, we have a gem on our hands. Um, And to time down to a five-year deal, it's just great business because we're seeing the same thing with Paulini right now. When you have players that other clubs want and they're tied down to long-term contracts, you're under no obligation to sell. Um, and that's the issue I think Fulham have gotten in, you know, in past seasons when, when we've had quality players is there nearing the end of their contracts and we're faced with the dilemma of do we let them walk for nothing or do we sell them now knowing they'll go for nothing next year and knowing they want to leave. But now we have our quality players, you know, inked down for a long time. So I'm delighted for Anthony. I think there were times towards the end of the season, people kind of pointed questions at his defending. Could he be stronger? Could he be better positioned? I think he's our first choice left back and will be for many years to come. So I'm excited he signed a new deal. Yeah, you're not the only one. You teed up my second question perfectly. Xiao Polina, uh, we've had rumours for a long time that West Ham are interested. They put in an offer today for Polina um, of £40 million, rising to potentially £45 million, which... Uh, effectively suggest they value him at less than half a Declan Rice. Um, Fulham rejected it, and West Ham are unlikely to return, according to very uh, accurate reporting from Rashane Thomas and, and Peter Rutzler at The Athletic. And they're moving on to other targets because, as you referenced, Polina is on a, has four years to run on his contract with a 12-year option. Keeping Xiao Polina is really important, and he's happy at Fulham. And I suspect we're happy to uh, keep hold of him, Max. Am I right? thousand percent. You know, this, you know, he's probably one of our most important players, if not the most important player. He makes his team tick. The thought of losing Paulinho, you just shudder to think about it, Dan, because he is so crucial to both the way we protect the back four and the way we build attacks, um, the way we counterattack. So the club's done a great job, as you mentioned, over buffing requests. I mean, listen, 40 million pounds is a lot of money. There's no, there's no other way around it. Now, of course, it's not as much as we value him, but that's still a substantial sum to offer for a Fulham player. I mean, that would be our record sale by a long margin. I think it's fair to say. Um, so we're in a good position. You know, we don't want to sell our best players. We want to keep them. That's been the main uh, b- bottom line of this transfer window is a lot of clubs have come sniffing for our prize assets and we've told them no. And as a supporter, that's all you can ask for. Um, so fingers crossed, you know, this will be the end of it. You know, I was never re- really worried about a team like West Ham. We've talked about, will he go to another Champions League team? Of course, he has Champions League experience in Portugal. But 
I was never bothered by West Ham. You know, there was that Barcelona link. And then I got a bit worried because, wow, maybe he might leave. But we all knew Paulinho, how settled he is at Fulham, how much he loves it. He wasn't going to give that away just for a team who finished below us in the league last season. Yeah, very good. You could have just ended it. I'm not worried about West Ham. (laughs) I think that accurately sums it up. Um, And also, I would come back just slightly on the fact that £40 million wouldn't buy Jao Polina's right foot, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, people should show us the money. Speaking of which, the Saudi Arabians have been keen to show us some money for Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, Two bids rejected. Potentially another one coming, but Fulham holding firm to the fact that uh, Mitrovic is a Fulham player, is contracted till 2026, and they're not countenancing selling him, regardless of whether Mitrovic really wants to go and join Milinkovic Savic uh, in the Middle East. This one causing some consternation over the last few days. Um, plenty of player, plenty of clubs cover our players. We can't really sell Alexander Mitrovic because, like Polina, you wouldn't be able to replace him for unless you parted with a lot of money. Your thoughts on this one? It, it was bizarre because the one thing which shocked me from the reporting, and you know, let's make it clear, I'm not shocked by the Saudi money anymore. I mean, that has been the story of the transfer window across the board is that these clubs are serious about throwing the cash around and getting quality players, quality players. So the fact that a team's in Mitrovic from Saudi Arabia, maybe not the craziest thing, but when the story said that he was open to the move or he was, you know, favorable to what he wanted the move, that shocked me um, because, as, as, as you all know, we've talked about, Mitrovic is so settled in Southwest London with his family, with the Serbian community. And a player like him, we saw his struggles at Newcastle, a place where he didn't feel welcomed. And so much of his, I think, attributes of the footballer is because he's happy off the pitch and, and, and can really be focused and centered. So the other situations were also, we've been relegated under his watch many times, and he easily could have left for big money abroad when we were going to play in the championship, but he stayed. So why on earth would he leave at the best ever finish for Fulham in a decade, his best ever season at the club, the only season when we actually stayed in the same division? <laughs> it didn't make any sense. So that's that's kind of my take on this situation is that it never made sense for him to leave. And I'm glad it seems at this moment he won't be leaving. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say the reporting says he's open to the moon. Nowhere has he... Um, submitted a transfer request or, or gone as far as to sort of um, resile from his commitment to, to playing for, for Fulham Football Club. And if he's open to the move, it's like saying, I'd be interested in going out with Taylor Swift or, you know, somebody else completely impossible. You know, that would be true, but equally unsurprising. And the reason why Mitrovic is interested in the move is because of the money that's on offer. No one in Chloe wrote a really good piece over the weekend. No one can pretend that this is going to advance him as a footballer. It may even put his place in the Serbian national team uh, under question in the longer term where it's go through. But I think it's another one of those stories where people have got carried away. I see um, that Al Halal are now in whole position to sign Romelu Lukaku, which may mean these things um, disappear quite quickly. Let's see. Um, Fulham Football Club will survive, will carry on without Alexander Mitrovic, just as it carried on without Dimitar Berbatov and Bobby Zamora and Clint Dempsey and lots of other people who decided their futures remained elsewhere. But I really hope that Mitrovic is 
still wearing the number nine shirt in August. And I, I think there's a very strong chance of that. Just very quickly, also news uh, breaking this morning in London that uh, William is going to put pen to paper on a contract extension at Craven Cottage. That one's also really important, Max, for reasons we've discussed previously. And I would have hated to lose him to Forest as well, Dan. That would have felt so just gross, you know, to have, to have them steal him from under our, our, our fingers. And because, again, we're a better club than them. You know, we've got promoted with them. Um, we did a double over them. Why, why, why would why would William go to that over us? Just because he got a better deal. But it seems that the club has given him an offer he's satisfied with. And his presence, I think, both on and off the pitch is just massive for us. Just massive. So really glad. It looks like he's making the right decision and staying with us. Because his mentorship of the younger wingers. I mean, he's, again, pro- I can make the argument one of the best players to ever play for Fulham. Maybe not the best player in his peak, because he's not his peak now. Steady on, mate. He's only been here a few months. No, no, no. No, as in like the most high-profile player. Like, almost like a Berbatov. I mean, he, William was at the top of his Let game. Let me introduce you to a bloke called Johnny Haynes. You might have heard of him. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. In, in, in the upper echelon of, of, of talent, and he can, he can really contribute um, with, with his wisdom. So I'm glad he's staying. Uh, I'm just playing with you. Uh, and one <laughs> final question, uh, Max, before we let you go, because I know you've got a busy day um, ahead of you stateside. Just to revisit where we started, what are we looking for from these three friendlies? What are you um, ready to, to watch out for? You'll be there for two of them. They're, stream- they're screened live on NBC in the United States and on Sky Sports in, in, in the UK. What are you looking to take out of, of those three friendlies before Fulham come back and finish that pre-season programme against Hoffenheim, all in anticipation of the big kickoff at Goodison Park on the 12th of August? Yeah, I, w- I want to see the youngsters get a run out. You know, I, I I think winning is important, but I'm not really massively bothered about the result. You know, of course, I'd like to win the derbies for bragging rights, but it is preseason and these matches don't really mean anything at all. So I, I want to see some players who maybe I haven't seen before get some minutes. You know, Jay Stansfield, Luke Harris are the two that come to mind who are pushing on the fringes of the first team and who likely won't get that much first time action next season unless they really impress in preseason. So this is the time I want them uh, to show what they have. Fantastic. Look, always a pleasure to catch up with you. We've cut it short today because of your your other commitments. We are going to have you back to talk about that first game um, over the weekend, hopefully. Uh, and then he doesn't know this yet, lads, but we're going to try and entice him back uh, following the DC fixture to uh, to wrap up the American uh, preseason tour. And thanks so much, Max, for, for giving us your thoughts over a long period of time from America. Always great to chat Fulham. Uh, with you, my friend. Cheers, Dan. It's always a pleasure to be on. The pleasure is all ours. <laughs> Great fun with, with Max today. I hope you enjoy it. And come on, you whites. <laughs>